Spider-Man, X-Men, Ghost Rider, oh my. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall in New York! Coming to a street from New York City. And why see the biggest of apples. I feel like people that like live in New York here are hearing us like, you know, chant that you're in New York and how excited we are and are like, it's New York guys. It's fine. We, we live there. <laughs> um, like, this, this is the place. But here's the thing. We're from Birmingham, Alabama. You live in Orlando now. It's just, New I York. live in Tampa now. Oh, sorry. Sorry. I always think Orlando. I just know you're near, uh, you're near Disney world. And so I want to come visit. Um, <laughs> Uh, we did actually go to Disney this past weekend. Oh, nice, nice. Well, speaking of places we're going to go, you're in New York right now. I'm coming to New York next week to visit you. Uh, and just to see New York, I realized uh, I could get a really uh, inexpensive flight from a show that I'm playing straight to New York and straight back. So I'm going to come to New York. You're going to be in New York on your birthday. So we're throwing a birthday party. In New York, me and Jeff, I'm throwing a birthday party for Jeff. We're going on June 5th, which is next Wednesday night. We're going to go to an escape room and uh, get some drinks. And you are all invited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I say that hoping that we don't have more than, no, I, I guess I don't hope this, but thinking that we probably don't have more than 10 people that would respond because that's about all that'll fit in with these escape rooms. But if we do... <laughs> You and 13,000 of your closest podcast friends. <laughs> right. Just people just fly into New York. Just come hang out with us. Um, yeah. So we're going to, we're going to do a meetup. We're going to do a podcast meetup in New York City because we don't get that far very often and we're going to be there together. So it, we thought it'd be rad. So podcast meetup, escape room, and then, uh, drinks or maybe some food or something afterwards. We're going to kind of nail down the details as the week goes on. I think we're doing Kamnata Quest. Is that how you say it? Yeah, it looks like Comnata Quest is the the closest one to the hotel we're st- that I'm staying in. So that's and and it's like the most highly rated in the U.S. or something like that. The escape room. Yeah, so it is one of the highest rated in in the U.S. It's their their website's a bit wonky right now, so I'm not sure that we can actually book it. But I'm going to call them uh, tomorrow and uh, you know just kind of lock down lock down some some sort of something so, with them. If you're interested in meeting up with us, um, we'll, we'll post it on Facebook once we nail down the details. But if you're interested and you want to tell us like, Hey, I love escape rooms and I live in New York and I've already done this room. So don't do that one. Uh, just let us know. Write it in. We'll, we'll do a room that we can get the most people in because it would be really fun. How, how cool would it be to do an escape room with fans we don't know? I love doing that to get to know people anyway and like, It'd be really fun to do it with uh, people from the listeners from the podcast. <laughs> you know, everybody that we uh, that that knows us so well that we have no clue who they are. I know it'll be real weird. Be so familiar. It'll be real, real weird. Like, uh, <laughs> I think it'll be weirder for them, honestly, because they hear our voices often, and we've never met them, and so we'll be like let's face it, barking orders because we're real pushy in escape rooms. Yeah, we are. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that we understand that about ourselves. Yeah, and and, and by the way, I, I say that in somewhat jest. We, tr- we, we are very uh, excitable in escape rooms, but we try yeah. to make sure we're not stepping on anybody's toes. But June 5th, 
meetup, <laughs> New York City, come not a quest. Email us, Facebook us, whatever you want to do, uh, all the places. So just email us, Facebook us, mcucast at gmail.com. We'll get an email thread together of everybody who wants to go and we'll just go. It'll be like friends hanging out. It'll, I'm excited. I'm, it's going to be Jeff's birthday. Come celebrate Jeff, Jeff's birthday. <laughs> so weird i'm excited about it it's weird and fun let's do this um okay weird today are just to discuss some feedback we got a lot of topics here that got some feedback this week um and so we're gonna try to knock a few out and talk about some feedback whenever you're ready jeffrey all right travis kaufman said to us in an email hey guys i've been listening for the last couple of months and love your podcast so much keep it up guys so after the snap we know from Spider-Man that it tore a hole in our dimension. But, remember, there were three total snaps in these two movies. So it, is it possible that there are more than one hole in our dimension leading into other dimensions? And do you think there are any other non-obvious side effects of using this much power so many times? Just a quick thought. Thanks for your time, guys. I think they could use it in all kinds of ways. And the fact that they they used it in the Spider-Man trailer, it, it shows that they, they're thinking about it. But uh, my biggest takeaway from the, the Spider-Man trailer is that that's Mysterio that says that. And from comics, Mysterio is full of shit. So I don't know how much to take the the whole in our universe stuff for serious or for joking. I really don't. It could be real. It could be that we, we've talked about it on the cast before, but it could be that he's from another dimension uh, and that he's using his technology to fool us, or it could just be all a lie. He might not have anything to do with another dimension. So keep that in mind. Do you trust the ancient one? I do trust the ancient one. Do you trust Wong? I do more than the ancient one, honestly. Yeah, yeah. So you need to go back and watch Doctor Strange. I watched Doctor Strange on the flight up here, and having watched that after having watched uh, the the trailer for Spider Man uh, Far From Home and also Endgame, like what they say in Doctor Strange just has so much more depth and meaning, and like all of the all of the actions of the Ancient One are so much more informed now. Like, Interesting. I, I understand her so much better now after having watched Infinity War and Endgame. Hmm. Like, there's a there's a few more things to pick up in that movie that we did not pick up on at first. Okay, uh, well, is there anything specific? Please enlighten us. She she specifically talked about holes in our dimension, you know, infinite dimensions, and uh, you know, having to fight these mystical threats. And like, I, if I recall correctly, either she or Wong specifically talked about holes in our dimension. Okay. Like holes being torn. Yeah. Which I, to me, what holes in our dimension means is not necessarily like, I, th- I feel like Travis sort of alludes to the fact that it, three holes might mean three different dimensions. I get the sense that like our dimension has a hole in it, which means all kinds of dimensions might be touching it or entering into it at any time. Like, yeah, we're just open, you know, open wide now for anybody to pop in. Yeah, just like, uh, I forget what they, at the end of Avengers, I believe it's, uh, I believe it's, um, Nick Fury says that they know we're out there now, that we're, we're a real threat. We're going to have to, uh, be, be even more careful now. 
Um, and I feel like that's what we're getting with the dimensions thing. Like we, the snap happened and now the, if, if it's true that there's a hole in our dimension, it's going to open up the MCU to all kinds of threats from all kinds of dimensions. Yep. Yep. That's the look of it. How genius would it be? Like, I, you know how much I love a connected universe and that's why I love the MCU so much, but I'm starting to see the wisdom of separating everything into these different universes because they could have much smaller stories again without having to deal with these humongous threats. They could bring out a Marvel movie that is completely a different story and a completely different tone and a different kind of universe, and then they could easily combine it with ours if they're really going to delve into this multiverse. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we had talked about how do you come back from Thanos? Like, how do you come back from universe-sized stakes? Like, how do you... Either how do you up the stakes or how do you bring it back to make it smaller stakes, a more personal story. And the obvious way to do that is to just ride that wave and go into those other universes and other, you know, those other dimensions. Yeah. You could start movies in those other dimensions where like you could introduce, you could do a great fantastic four story. And then as the movie goes on, you realize, wait, this is not the MCU. Like Tony Stark doesn't exist or the, you know, or Howard Stark doesn't exist or Peggy Carter isn't involved or like you start to realize some of this stuff is not the same. And then at the end of the, you know, then the second movie, you realize it's because they're in a separate dimension and that now they're crossing over, you know? Yeah. So we get that period piece that, that I've been kind of begging for of, you know, the Fantastic Four set in the sixties because they're just in that universe that's, you know, stuck. They're not stuck, but it's currently at that point in time. And, you know, whatever, whatever uh, is going on with their universe is going on there. It doesn't affect our universe. And, you know, we could have that, that kind of like, you know, they're not beholden to the events that are, that are upcoming or to be upcoming in, uh, in the main, you know, the prime, if we're calling it that 616 universe, yeah. uh, that, all of our stories have been told and like, they're not beholden to, you know, leading into that. They're just separate. Yeah. I, I trust the Feige so much. Uh, this would normally scare me a lot. The idea of separating the stories out more and having a little less connection until, you know, at a later date. But I, I trust that they know what they're doing. And if that's where the they go, I'm down. Think about this, Matt. Think about if they have like, Six or seven different uh, weaving, like kind of even parallel, like six or seven different parallel universes that are all running simultaneously and all have movies releasing in them simultaneously that they have gotten you to care so much about. And then they crush them all together into a Secret Wars battle world kind of thing where they all have to duke it out. Yeah, man. And then you end up with a different universe at the end that combines them all. Like, that would be pretty insane. And then you have a whole season of films, you know, a couple years of films where they're all combined, and then the whole stories get to be crossed over constantly, and it would be like a whole new... That's that's, that's a 20-year plan right there. Like, that's the kind of thing that could sustain us for 20 years. (laughs) And that's, you know, that that would be... That would allow us to tell all kinds of stories. Like, Spider-Man Noir could be a thing. Yes, yeah, Spider-Pig could be a thing. Spider-Pig could be a thing. Be like the not li- animated li- live action Spider-Pig. <laughs> Spider-Babe. Yep, Spider-Ham, Peter Porker. Yeah. 
All right. What does Corey Rung have to say? Corey Rung says, hey, guys, I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of months now, and I love what you do. Keep up the great work. A friend and I have been theorizing how the mutants could be introduced into the MCU. We talked about the Storm Black Panther comic storyline where they get married and thought that could be a subtle and interesting way to introduce the mutants. What if the mutants are introduced through Captain Marvel and Rogue? In the comics, Rogue steals Captain Marvel's powers to enhance her own. What if Rogue is the villain of the next Captain Marvel movie and steals some of Captain Marvel's powers, but then becomes good by the help of Xavier or another mutant? In the comics, Xavier was brought in to help sort out the mess that Rogue created by stealing Captain Marvel's powers. Currently in the MCU, Captain Marvel is so OP and cocky. What if Marvel made her that way because Rogue will steal some of her powers, not all, to bring Captain Marvel down a peg and humble her, similar to Thor's MCU origin story? Love to hear your thoughts. I love that. I, I, and also, I hate to say it, uh, there's enough people who don't like, like I think, I think sometimes when a character needs a little rehabbing, and I enjoy the Captain Marvel movie pretty well, but I still don't know that we know that character well. Especially yeah. after Endgame, she's so different, uh, it's, it, it's hard to know Captain Marvel at this point, and, and one way to get to know her would be if she, uh, went through a real struggle and had to kind of come back from it, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, in, in the, the Captain Marvel movie, she didn't know who she was and, you know, the character didn't know what the character was. Sure. Um, but that, that was the problem. It's hard to root for a character. I think that's the problem with Captain Marvel. It's a genius idea to, to make the movie less about her defeating something and more about her learning who she is. That's an interesting story. The problem is we never, we very little get to see who she is. Like who is Captain Marvel? What is, what is her deal? It didn't really help in Endgame that, you know, when she did come back in that, like there was no real, uh, no real easy indication of who she was and who she had grown to be. Uh, mostly because they shot Endgame first. So exactly. we hadn't like, Brie hadn't gotten into the character yet and really kind of, you know, carved out that part of the, uh, that part of the, the MCU for being Captain Marvel. Like she hadn't established that yet. But also it makes sense. She, she's different at that point because it's like 30 years later. <laughs> right. Like and she didn't age at all. Well, yeah, but that, that could make sense based on her superpowers. It could be part of her superpowers, but like she's 30 years older 30 years of experience in space and like fighting the Kree or trying to end the war or whatever, uh, and or, or just protecting the universe. And like, I don't know. It just, it makes sense that she's different, but we just still have no idea who she is. Is the problem with Captain Marvel right now is we don't know who she is. Yep. And you know, we'll probably, uh, we'll probably learn more about her and, and, you know, we'll grow to like her a lot more. Um, in future installments, but you know, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of hard to look forward to those future installments when you don't really know who the character is. Absolutely. And, and, but I like the idea of bringing her power level down. And I gotta say, one way you could make that movie sell uh, is to put Rogue in it. Yeah. 
Like, Absolutely. I think a lot of people aren't going to go see Captain Marvel 2. I, I know a lot of people now that are still interested in the MCU, but they're being a little more selective because it's gotten so extensive. They're like, well, I might watch that one or I might wait till the next da-da-da. I, I, do I, a lot of people keep asking me, do I need to see Captain Marvel before I watch Endgame and stuff like that, you know? Um, yeah. And, I, you know, I say watch everything, but I can tell them, like, yeah, you won't get lose this or you'll lose that, but you can watch them. Um, so I think a lot of people, more people are being selective. So I think a Captain Marvel 2 might be a hard movie to sell to people. It might be a low performing movie, but if they did something like put an X-Man in it. Especially that kind of story, cause, uh, you know, Rogue stealing her powers was a pretty big character point, uh, for the rest of Rogue's life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think that's a cool idea. All right. So uh, next up, we got Nathaniel Muzzy on Facebook saying Hellstrom and Ghost Rider series on Hulu. Interesting. Curious how it's going to work with Jeff Loeb in charge of some shows and Feige in charge of others. I wonder if we're going to get two tiers of interconnectivity. Yeah, that's really disappointing. That that whole announcement, because it started off so cool as like, holy crap, we're getting a, a you know, a, a Gabriel Luna led Ghost Rider series, Robbie Reyes in in the in the driver's seat, so to speak. <laughs> like we're getting that Ghost Rider series. That is what we've been craving since Agents of Shield season four. Holy crap, give me that. Yeah. But then they're like, this is a different version of Ghost Rider. And I'm like, are you shitting me? You have this silver platter served up version of Ghost Rider that's perfect and everybody loves him and then you're just gonna shit on that and give us something else entirely like what the hell i'm really hoping that that like announcement was just wrong (laughs) i I really am i don't know i just i just hope it like maybe maybe they meant something different or whatever i'm really hoping that it's still connected to Agents of Shield. I'm going to be really annoyed, especially bringing in the same actor. Like it makes no sense. I guess, I guess multiverse. I guess you got to say just multiverse at this point, which ah, it annoys me so much. Even as I'm saying that I can see the wisdom in it, I'm like annoyed actively that they this might be just another symptom of the multiverse. <laughs> it's just it's it's another symptom of of the Marvel split, the the Marvel division, so to speak. Yeah, because you. Know, it all used to be connected. But my headcanon has to be multiverse, which I, yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> I mean, we got, you know, we got Cloak and Dagger mixed in with, with uh, Luke Cage. I mean, they right. said, the, oh my they goodness, just, I had that in my notes and I didn't mention it all on the episode. How did I not mention that? I'm dumb. We, we had a great mention of Luke Cage on Cloak and Dagger this week. Like, not just a mention, but like an entire conversation about Luke Cage. I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that that universe is together. You know, Cloak and Dagger is with Luke Cage, which, you know, is with, you know, Netflix stuff, you know, Daredevil, Iron Fist, etc. that all got canceled or whatever. But, you know, it's linked to that. Yeah. But like that is only tenuously connected to the the movies uh, through saying that, you know, the incident happened in, you know, 2012. So, like. There hasn't really been any mention of anything else since then. Yeah. I mean, the 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 only real interconnectivity that we like solidly got, and I am so happy about, is when uh, the actor who played Jarvis. Oh God! Uh, when the actor who played Jarvis showed up in uh, in Avengers Endgame, 
he or the guy who played Jarvis yeah. in uh, in the Agent, Agent Carter, Carter showed up as Jarvis in Endgame. Like, oh my god, that's the way to do it. Like, that's a that's a small nod to us as as fans of the Agent Carter series that you know just completely validates everything that we've loved about it, while also being like completely inane for the people who only watch the movies. Like they, they didn't notice they were completely fine with it. It's like, Oh, Jarvis clearly, you know, Tony wanted to make Jarvis immortal. So he put him into AI. Sure. That makes sense. But right. that's not, that's not the only thing <laughs> like, yeah. you're missed by not watching agent Carter, but also the validation. Yeah. I loved it. The validation was real cool. So like that kind of small shit, you know, to to bring it all together like that, like it's really easy for them to do mm-hmm. in the movies. Yeah, I think that's a great proof of concept right there. Like that's exactly what we needed. You know, you could have easily had, I don't know, you have one of those classic scenes where the world's ending and people are watching it on TV. You could easily have just like Foggy and Karen watching it. You know, yeah, that's the other thing. Karen Page was also mentioned on. Yep, uh, the Dagger. Yeah, she wrote the article they're talking about. I did. I freaking love that. Uh, so we got a we got a message uh, from Matthew Rainwater saying, "Hey guys, listening to the Captain Marvel feedback episode right now. I've been binging your show for the last two days. You even had me convinced to see Endgame again, and I came out of the theater after the first time feeling hugely disappointed. And I really enjoyed it. Now to the point of my message, uh, you just stated that you were afraid they didn't have Carol hook up with Fury because he was black. Then went on to say they were afraid they would have a hard enough time getting conservatives to see a movie about a woman superhero and even harder to get them to see the movie if she hooked up with a black man. One of the things I've enjoyed about listening to your show has been the lack of political stances. As a white conservative male, I even, I'm even my county's GOP chair. I can tell you that was the last thing on my mind, nor on the minds of anybody I know. I'm sorry you think so poorly of conservatives. I just, I just hope you can keep that kind of talk out of future episodes. I listen to geek out with you about the MCU and that's, and all that is happening. I don't want to listen if you continue to think so poorly of those that may not agree with you politically. Cool. Thanks for writing that in, Matthew. Yeah, I actually talked to Matthew on the Facebook, and and actually, uh, I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding here. I we we actually do really try to steer clear of politics uh, for the most part on this show, uh, par- for for a number of reasons. Be- partially because uh, me and Jeff have some differing opinions on politics, um, and 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 because it's not why people come here. But I actually, when I brought that up on that episode of the show, I really did intend to say, and, and I may have not used my words well, uh, but what I was trying to get at was that I think that might have been in why the producers would think conservatives wouldn't like that. And, and there is a section of uh, a certain side of the political sphere right now. There's a section, not all. But there's a section that as those things might be a problem for the interracial relationships and the uh, uh, so studio logic is like, well, we got to keep 100 percent of people going to see this movie. Um, but I don't. Uh, that's what I was getting at. I was talking about the kind of cowardice of the um, of the execs at uh, Disney might not want something like that to happen. Um, not that, uh, you know, 
not that all conservatives and and that word conservative is very tricky right now because there's all kinds of different people think of all kinds of different things when that comes up. Uh, I at one point very much called myself a conservative, um, but that doesn't mean what it used to mean. So it's I can't do that anymore <laughs> um, in the current political state. Like. Uh, conservative can mean a lot. It means a lot of things to a lot of people and a lot of those things are not the same. And so I just, I had to a bit kind of abandon that word. Um, but yeah, I I was mostly really talking about the execs being kind of cowardly and not doing that. But I also don't think that's the only reason that happened. I think that like, well, we've talked about it a few times, I think on the cast, but I think that there's a lot of reasons not to connect, uh, Captain Marvel with fury. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and just on a on a on a character level, she didn't need that sort of uh, like she didn't need a love interest. Right? It would have taken away from the story. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. I I, did, I don't even remember how it came up. It's not like I was watching it going, "Why aren't these two getting together?" Uh, I think it was just brought up in that like in most movies this would happen in most yeah, movies. Should, there's a love interest. There's a love interest. And, and I think the actual reason why they didn't do it is because it would really undercut the entirety of her story arc. Cause the whole point is her getting to know herself. And, um, well, I think the whole point of, of her arc is that she's figuring out that she's good enough and doesn't need to be held back or doesn't need any kind of anything to, to just be awesome. Right. Well, I agree. Uh, it's also about her not defining herself through someone else's lens. Um, and, and that is very much what we're talking about. Like if she had needed to get with Fury to like learn the lesson, it would have felt like, Oh look, Fury, Fury fixed her. <laughs> like, um, yeah, this woman can do it on her own. She needed a man. Yeah. So I, I think that there's lots of reasons they didn't have that relationship. My yeah. comments about the, my fears about why they wouldn't do that are more about the execs being too cowardly to put certain things on screen because yeah. they worry about certain segments of the population. If you go on the internet at all and look at, you know, Reddit, YouTube comments, like YouTube comments are the worst, by the way, the scourge of humanity right there. Mm-hmm. But if you read that sort of thing, like about Captain Marvel upcoming before the, the movie even came out, there were people that were just like, she can't be a superhero. She can't lead a movie. It's girl. Like what the hell? A girl isn't going to be, you know, the leader of anything. She's not going to do good on her own. And, you know, there was just all of that kind of that that hateful spite, that vitriol for no reason leading up to the movie. So, you know, there's there's at least a little bit of the populace that that thinks that way. And right. And they're not they're not all conservatives at all. Yeah, yeah, Um, There's a large segment of uh, as they call them, Bernie bros. Uh, that <laughs> love Bernie Sanders and re- are, are super sexist about it. Like it's real weird. Um, so, so I think a lot of these dividing lines are, you know, are, are 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 in our heads, and there are a lot of them are based on who we who our enemies are. It's just you know what? It's exactly what we talked about. I think it was yesterday on on, on or on our last cast. We talked. Uh, Matt, superhero ethics wrote in about. Um, how, uh, yeah, it's too hard to explain. 
can't. We'll listen to yesterday's episode. But Matthew West Fox from Superhero Ethics wrote in a beautiful uh, thing about how we simplify our enemies and we try to simplify our enemies by making them all look the same and all look different than us. And so we like to think that the people that have bad traits are all different from us in every way you know they are they are the other and and that's not true i mean honestly that's what captain marvel's about (laughs) yeah Um, and so it's really easy to simplify all this and say yeah conservatives but i i think that that's just kind of like the hollywood execs point of view is what i was getting at originally anyway that's enough of that uh, so sorry, if we'll, we'll, we try to stay, steer clear of the actual politics of it all. I think that most people are more similar than they are different. And if everyone give each other a chance, maybe we could all love each other a little more. Nah, man, I don't like it. <laughs> give who a chance? I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. That sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, we should, we should not just move on from it. I didn't actually mean that that was dumb. That was a joke. <laughs> we have had people write in saying that I'm... Um, they don't get your jokes? Yeah, I just shouldn't make jokes is really what it is. Um, <laughs> uh, Matthew Rainwater also said, uh, just started listening to the episode about Captain Marvel. Help me out. I remember the Skrulls being the bad guys in the Kree, the good guys, mostly. But they flipped it in the movie. Granted, I haven't read comics in years, but did I miss something that big? Uh no you did not and i think the idea is they're trying to make these characters less simple especially when you look at our our entire race or you know entire species of people i think the mcu is trying to make it not so simple that there are good and bad people uh that do all kinds of things that are that were born in all kinds of places and it's more about what they do than who they are and I mean, it, it, in the movie, the the head scroll there says, you know, we've all done bad things. We've all yeah, we've all got blood on our hands. Yeah, exactly. So I think they're just trying to make it less simple. So I, I don't think they ever want to make in today's world. Uh, you can't just say the Klingons are bad guys. You know, like <laughs> you have to, you have to, you have to explain why, and you have to give them personalities and. uh you know, it's just a different time. The races are not going to be as simple and drawn lines aren't going to be drawn as simply. Uh, and I, I like that. I think it's very good for us to have uh, a, a movie series like this. that's trying to, to ask the complex questions. You can't just say like, you know, all those girls are good. They're just trying to get away. All the career bad, like in the beginning of the movie, was that, you know, a, a train or a, a a hover car or whatever was that public transit for evil people like was that was there an evil hairdresser on that board or on that uh, on that train somewhere like probably not maybe if there was i want to know i want to see the movie about it <laughs> the evil cree hairdresser yeah man <laughs> yeah that, that, that's i think what's so interesting about that scene it, if it weren't for that scene on the public transit heading to see the Supreme Intelligence, it would feel like the Kree were a monolith of military might. But they take, they take that moment to show that public transit bus and the like sort of diversity on the bus of the different kinds of Kree with different color hair and wearing different clothing. Because I think they're trying to show that, hey, I know all we've shown so far is Ronan the Accuser and other Kree that are bad, sort of. Yeah, here's all the Kree that are dicks. Yeah, here's all the Kree that are dicks. Um, 
but there, it is more complicated than that. There are just like civilian Cree, and they're just sort of and and if you look, there's a big um, uh, there's big billboards talking about how evil the scrolls are and the scroll invest infestation, and I think all of that is alluding to sort of um public not even alluding it's just showing the public demonization of the scrolls and i think it's pointing out our culture and our willingness to do that and i, I thought that was really clever that for a second we see that the crees aren't fully bad and at the end she doesn't kill her mentor she throws him in the ship and has him take off i i thought all of that was cool yep, yep. <clears throat> and we've we've talked at length about that so we're not going to do that again <laughs> not right now uh so next up, Courtney Ennis sent us a Facebook message. Time travel in the Fox Marvel universe is not the same as in the MCU. Take Cable, for instance. His entire plan is to go back to change the past to affect the future. As mutants get integrated into the MCU, this will be an issue to tackle. I'm sure that they can figure it out, but that Cable plot line is his whole Marvel Comics persona. This is true. Um, it's a really good point. It is a really good point, and Cable is a particular rough case of this. But I think that's doable. I think you could say that Cable is going... Maybe Cable comes from the future and all universes that he can see... Maybe he's talked to the Ancient Ones somewhere deep in the future, and he knows that all universes end the, in the same way. And he wants to create a universe where he saves everything, you know? Um it, it, there's all kinds of things. Maybe he's not trying to get back to a. Maybe he knows he's never going to return to a good universe, but he's trying to create an offshoot good universe. You know? Oh, like uh, oh god, it was in uh, Dragon Ball Z. Trunks, Trunks did that because apparently uh, changing the past in Dragon Ball Z just results in a split off, like a branch timeline, uh, a divergent branch timeline where. You know, the events happen the way that they do in that timeline and don't affect the timeline that Trunks was actually from. Jeff, um, I'm going to have to ask you to stop. You're making me want to watch Dragon Ball Z. And I thought I left that part of my life behind me long ago. <laughs> I mean, you talk about Star Trek all the time. I'm going to talk about Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> That's fair. That is fair. All right. So, uh, so next up, we got Thomas McNeil sending us an email saying, dudes. I've been meaning to email you to thank you for all the casting. I know you were getting tons of feedback recently, so I didn't want to add to the pile. I can't believe Endgame happened. I forget when I started to listen to the cast, but it feels like it's been forever. Your cast really adds to the MCU experience. As exciting as it is to uh, to see the movies, the TV shows, the Netflix shows, it is just as exciting to listen to the cast after. I am in New York, and if you want to meet up for a drink, let me know. Tom. Hey, Tom. We got we got a friend in New York. Woo! Uh, yes, uh, we will be uh, in New York next week. Both of us now. It was just going to be Jeff. Now it's both of us. So <laughs> June fifth, escape room, and then uh, and then uh, drinks or food or something. We'll figure it out. Uh, if so, Thomas, send us a, send us another email. Let us know you will, if you're up for June 5th. If not, hit us up and we'll try to meet another day. But thank you for all your kind, kind words about the podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, Thomas actually been uh, been writing in for quite a while. Um, for for a bit there when they were shooting uh, the Jessica Jones series. Oh, that's uh, right. Yes, yes. Our man Thomas, in the field. Pictures. Yeah. Our man in the field. I'm sorry, Thomas. I forgot your last name. I remembered it being Thomas, but I don't know why I didn't think that when you said you were in New York, which I knew. 
I mean, uh, there's only like five people in New York named Tom. That's true. That's probably probably accurate. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds like. <laughs> well, absolutely. We'll, we'll shoot you a message, Tom. You shoot us a message. Whatever. We'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll get together. That'll be awesome. Uh, so let's see. Next up, Tim Carroll sent us an email. Hey guys, love the cast. I think I think I've been listening since season one of Daredevil. I saw in game. And Hazlitt on 526 at 9.30. I dropped a crossbones bomb during the elevator scene, wondering if I was sitting next to you. (laughs) (laughs) I listened to the reaction and the first feedback episode. I'm waiting to see it again before listening again. Matt, I love how you finally came around on Iron Fist. Season 3 was going to be great. Yeah, I really wish... (sighs) I really wish it had been great. Or I I I wish we'd gotten a season 3 and that had been great. Um, I I'm, I'm just looking at where Hazlitt was. I was not watching it in Hazlitt, uh, and I don't think Jeff was either. But I do see that Hazlitt is super close to New York. <laughs> just, we'll link it all back. I just I just I just map just map quested. It's like right across a little little jump. So Tim, come do an escape room with us. Yeah, you're right across the bay. I want to do an escape room with a bunch of our listeners. It'd be so much fun. Okay, sorry. No, it's fine. You're you're doing the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Steven Lozano sent us an email. Hey, MCU cast. I just got into your podcast a few weeks before Endgame and was listening to some of your old episodes. I noticed that in Thor Ragnarok, Hela walks by the Tesseract and and acknowledges its power. Did she know what the Space Stone could do? If so, why would she need the Bifrost Sword to get out of Asgard when she could have used the Tesseract? Tell me what you guys think. I love listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. Hmm. It's a good question. I don't, if she did know what it did, I don't know that she knew how to control it. Could be. Could because, be. uh, what's it? Well, old Loki, um, had Thanos as a guide and like knew what he was coming for and may have like known how to control the space stone once he got it. Uh, whereas someone like red skull got randomly transported out into the galaxy. So like she may have been like, I know what that does. I ain't touching it. <laughs> I'm busy right now. No, not dealing with that shit. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't know where that's going to send me. I don't know. That's just my quick head cannon. <laughs> we did see that, that, uh, that, Loki could control it, like when he got it in Endgame, you know, he picked it up and just dipped. No, that's what I mean. Yeah, like he he came to Earth for the space stone, and maybe he was prepared to use it and and, yeah. and knew how to use it. But someone like Hela or Red Skull might not have known how to use it and how or how to aim it. Or we still don't know in Endgame when he gets it if he knew where he was going. <laughs> yeah, he could have just like vanished into into wherever and was like, ah, well, it's better than where I was. Yeah, I've fallen into the universe before and survived. <laughs> Anywhere's better than that shit. Thor 1 reference, guys. Thor 1 reference. Come on. Yeah, boy, I Thor, like it. I freaking love this universe. I just love, like, the fact that I can make that joke that I, I fell into the universe before and I survived. Like, that. that's... That's like the kind of thing you can only make if they've had 22 movies and a guy's gotten to fall into the randomly into the universe twice. Like, ah, it's Matt, good. that was a joke nine years in the making. Right. That's what I mean. It's, it's so good. <laughs> I freaking love this stuff. I just freaking love this stuff. Yep. Yep. And you're right, too. <laughs> uh, someone else that loves this stuff is Drew J. Drew J. Grek. 
of the Andy Joe Show. Drew says, hi, guys. I know that you guys are going to be getting a ton of in-game feedback, so you guys probably won't get to this for a while. Oh, yeah, he sent this in April. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he says, anyway, I'm rewatching Ant-Man and the Wasp for Endgame prep, and uh, I'm noticing a lot of new things. First, when Hope and Scott are breaking into Cassie's school, there's a class of kids that walks by. How many of those innocent kids that are going to recess or lunch will be dead in a month? Oh. <laughs> also, Ava tells Bill that his body isn't about to fade into nothing. What if it did just after Ava and Ava gave him this look like, at least you did your best. And then he looks down and can't see his hands anymore. That would be so good, but we'll know in like two days. I really liked the theory about Tony becoming Kang the Conqueror. But by the time you guys get to this, we'll know. Oh my God, guys, I'm so excited for April 28th when I'm seeing it. So hard to avoid spoilers. Thanks for the great podcast and keep up the great work. Thanks, Drew. You know, that amount of excitement is exactly the amount of excitement I had coming into it. And honestly, like I want to go see, I want to go see Endgame again. I, hell, I want to go see it in New York again, or not again in New York, but you know, I want to go see it again. And I might do that in New York, just yeah, you know, as a thing to do. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea either. Like going to see Endgame on that same night. <laughs> Oh yeah, 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 all the all the Marvel things in the escape room, and oh man, I'm excited to come to the New York. I, just, I hadn't seen you in like two years, man. <laughs> it's been a while. I don't know how long you've been in Tampa. How long have you been in Tampa? Uh, about a year and a half. Okay, yeah, it's been been about that long. It's been over that long since I've seen you. So that's crazy. Yeah. Well, uh. It's going to be fun. We have one last feedback. Thanks for writing in that. Drew, uh, one last feedback. Uh, we had Anya say on Twitter, Hi, I've been following your podcast for a while, and I was going to submit feedback for Cloak and Dagger. I went to check Spotify to see if it was if I was too late, and all your podcasts after October have been removed. I wasn't sure if you knew or not. Just thought I'd put it on your radar. Oh, and she says this is on Spotify. Interesting. Uh, I don't know. Uh, we don't really have much control. Of the, there was some uh, hinky stuff with our feed the last couple weeks, and so a bunch of our stuff got doubled up. And I wonder if Spotify somehow like tried to rectify. They saw the doubling up of stuff and tried to like fix it. I don't know. We will look into that. Um, we are available on all the other services. I'm pretty sure still because uh, we've still get a lot of downloads. So I'm pretty sure um, we're still out there. Um, yeah, it looks like we're back on Spotify. If we were gone before, we are back. So, uh, obviously, uh, you only know that if you're hearing this, and you probably already know. So, <laughs> I should have just looked at that before we read that. I'm just kidding. Thank you, Anya, for writing in. Really appreciate you. Um, if any of y'all have problems, we're doing a bunch of actually revamping of our feed and our website and everything right now. So if you have any issues, let us know. We'll try to make sure we don't have any craziness. But um, sometimes when you change podcasts are weird and I don't fully understand them. Uh, and sometimes when you change a feed from one location to another, like extra things download or things disappear and I don't fully get it. So we're working on that. We'll let you know if anything <laughs> Uh, if anything weird is coming, let us know if anything weird happens. Cool. Good plan. Um, come to New York to see us. If you're around, we're going to be in New York City. And we're going to go to... Manhattan specifically. Yeah, we're going to be in Manhattan. So 
come flip around with us. You know, man, I've been in I've been in New York for two full days now, and not once have I seen a Spider Man swing by. That sucks. That's really <laughs> bad luck. Is all that is. <laughs> That's really disappointing. Hmm. All right. So if you're coming to New York, we'll see you guys there. Um, if not. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next week on the podcast. Uh, we are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Hit us up at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call us at 573-CAST-MCU. If you would like to hear more of my podcast, I have a podcast called the Star Trek Universe Podcast and a new one that's about to come out called the Orville Universe Podcast. So if you like Star Trek or the Orville, come check those out. And if you want to hear my music, search for Matthew Carroll anywhere you get music. I love you all. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.